This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Lotion, Cheese, So many dudes. Every little dude. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But Wonder. Wonder, A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. us. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So before we get into the who were you this week, we have a very special guest on today's podcast. We welcome Amanda Duerman. She is the editorial director of Betches Sup and host of the Sup Daily podcast. Before that, she was a deputy editor at HuffPo. So basically, she's a Carrie. She's a dream. She's a dream. She's a goddamn dream. There is a big overlap between people who listen to our podcast and people that consume bitches media just in case oh, you yeah. are not aware of them oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah um, no big deal but Amanda basically uh, is the social um, you know she's the editorial director of, of SUP and they have like almost half a million uh, followers on Instagram and they do a lot of like very funny progressive uh, you know smart relevant content about the news for millennials uh their tweet game is on point please welcome amanda thank you guys i'm thrilled you guys know i'm thrilled i this has already happened several times in my head (laughs) i'm very disappointed to see you don't sing the tune every time i truly thought you did a live record every time (laughs) i actually forgot about our song that was such a fun thing to do was make that song <laughs> but isn't that kind of emb- I don't want to say you should be embarrassed by it but sometimes when I listen to things on my podcast that I haven't listened to in forever I'm like oh my god they hear that every time yours is perfect actually don't change I love our song well you know we had Henry who's so great did it he did it's iconic um, yeah he did the one for um seek treatment as well which I think is such a great theme song so yeah I feel like okay hold on as I'm talking my dog is chewing on my other dog's new harness box. So hold on. Take your time. Okay, I'm going to just jump in with a question, Amanda. Yeah. 
I want to get to know Jew. Are you a Jew, Duberman? Yes, I love it. I hear it. I love it. I yes. see it. I love it. She's a go- yeah, she's a goddess. She's- is, as we mentioned before the podcast, I just my hair is brown. I discovered in quarantine, so I had to dye it back brown. You blonde, know what I but- have to say? As a member of the tribe, you ha- you really look good as a blonde. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Your I feel hair like looks myself. Really pretty. Yeah, you have good highlights. I have to dye my eyebrows darker and my hair lighter. So I just invert. I, I embrace my natural beauty. I mean, literally, why embrace your natural beauty when you can be prettier unnaturally is my <laughs> mantra. Right. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is how you live. <laughs> I mean, I like literally going to I was telling the gals I'm risking my life to get my hair dyed tomorrow, like in the middle of, you know, a covid epidemic. Oh, but Rose, I've, yeah, it might save your I've life had many to get your hair dyed. You never know. Girl, I just let me live. You know, I'm going to wear two masks. Okay, so Amanda, tell me something. What is your relationship to the show Sex and City? When did you start watching it? What was your thoughts on it? How do you feel about it now? Take us through. I mean, I would describe it as the basis of my character. Generally, Um, I would say I adopted it when I was in high school, like the most impressionable you can be. I had a tradition where when I found it, I mean, I watched it around. This is so weird, but like. The first episode of Sex and the City I watched, it's it's memorable because I watched it on 9-11 because <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> drama. 11 years you're old and you're so stressed. And I was just watching the Twin Towers and then just, it had never been up that late as, as a child and just was up wow. that late and couldn't sleep. Wow. So I was like, I'll see what's on TV. And then caught some Sex and the City. Well, that's so time, New York to like right. watch Sex and the City to deal with this really New York thing that happened. It, oh my God. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's probably why I'm so attached to it. And then it seemed really porny at the time because I was so young. And then later in high school, I just went to Blockbuster. Did you say Friday. corny or horny? I said, I said, I said horny. With horny. A, a, a different oh, one, a third one. What's the third option? Corny with an H, corny with a C, or porny with a P. It was all three. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Amanda, I would say it's still porny even as a full grown adult. There's That's some scenes true. that are full-on softcore like especially with samantha yeah if it wasn't i if i didn't think it was still porny i'd probably be revealing something about like <laughs> i'd have a pretty extreme sex life i think it's <laughs> always weird when they have like reruns on like tbs or on <laughs> e or something and they like cut out all of the things that make it salacious and you're like this guy stop trying to like reverse fit this into like a network tv show about four friends like the horniness <laughs> oh, is totally. what makes it special Right, exactly. It seemed very horny at the time. And then I just watched in high school, I went to Blockbuster every Friday and just completely idolized Carrie and wanted to be her. And I was like, that's why I'm going to New York. And that's why it's just been so cool to like, I'm a fan of the podcast and I listen to it, to listen to you guys go through it, like beginning to end. I've never really watched it through as an adult that way. And so to like reprocess everything that I haven't, like I I watch them all the time. I'm definitely Mm -hmm. like somebody who rewatches them all the time. I've seen them all like five times, but watching it sequentially is a totally different experience with you guys' analysis is like, I think a lot about how it affected me when I did pick it up. That's so interesting. I love that you watched it in high school and that it, it sort of comforted you through 9-11. I mean, it's just a real <laughs> testament, but I mean, it's a testament to the power of television. And, you know, you you were saying that you rewatched a million times. I mean, I think that's Jamie was the one who came up with the great idea of doing the podcast. and. I think the reason it's so special is like this is a legendary show that like it just has staying power. It's 21 years later and we're still talking about it. We're so they're yeah. coming back. They're coming back. And also, I think like we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. 
Maybe, but I mean, it's kind of like the main reference for most women I know. Like it comes up in conversation more than any other television show ever for my female friends and yeah, some there's male no friends. Female. Yeah, I feel like I hear about it more than most shows. Totally. Whenever you think of like, I mean, as somebody who tries to ask a meme a lot, there are a lot of memeable millennial women movie references. You've got Devil Wears Prada. You've sure. got Mean Girls. Legally Blonde. You, legally Blonde. There are so many that you're just constantly referencing all the time. And people, in terms of TV shows, people do reference Friends. They reference The Office. But yeah. you're talking just like a woman-led iconic thing that we that women specifically relate to. You're, I only really see Sex in the City referenced as like repeatedly and often. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, you, there are other female-driven shows, but I don't feel like they're in the zeitgeist even new ones aren't in the zeitgeist the way sex in the city is totally yeah yes yes what were you gonna say sky i was just gonna say i also think that's such a product of like in addition to this being such an iconic show it also had had a um an audience that most shows now don't get anymore like even though like this was such a premier premium thing but also it got huge numbers like if you look at those right and so like for that to hit as like the memeable thing, like makes sense when there was like truly like two to three to four times the audience just eyeballs on it at the time and like people who and connected also, to it. But also for a cable show with a good amount of nudity to become a syndicated show on other networks. Totally. I mean, that's like, it's amazing. I can't even think of, did Sopranos, did that happen with Sopranos? No way. I don't think so. No. Well, the thing that's really annoying is when people talk about the lore of HBO and like the beginning of prestige HBO, they always reference Sopranos, even though yes, Sex and right. City was happening at the same time, yes. which is just the larger idea that anything women like is considered guilty pleasure fluff and not taken seriously. Yeah. Which is like the ultimate just bullshit. And it's backwards. And I think men do it by calling it like a chick show and women do it to themselves by saying, oh, it's my guilty pleasure instead of just totally. like standing in their right. power and just being right. like, I enjoy this. This right. is excellent. I like, love this show. It's perfect. I loved that interview you guys did with the, the producer who worked on Sex and the City oh, and The Sopranos. Chris and he was compared. amazing. Unbelievable, right? Fascinating. Just like I'm fascinating so glad you liked that episode. That like you could tell as he was saying them, he didn't know they were like, oh my God just like mind blowing for somebody that really likes both those shows or just cares about TV. But yeah, the fact that he, he was aware of that, even as a straight man at the time, the reception is wild. Yeah. Listeners, if you want to go back and listen to that interview, it's with Chris Collins, I believe season five, four. That was one of the best interviews we did. It's really, we really recommend it. Yeah. I think it's one of our best episodes and and actually insider scoop big time. He was Jamie. That was such a great get. And, I have to say the thing he said that just blew my mind is that before Sex in the City, Sarah Jessica Parker was like this icon sex symbol. And yes. the second oh the show God. came out. Oh, my God. Yes. I never stopped thinking about that. Men were like, she's dog faced. She looks like a horse. She's disgusting. It was the same woman. But now she's talking about sex with her girlfriend. So she's like a disgusting dog. It was insane. She literally plays a trophy wife in First Wives Club. Like, yeah. the hot woman that who who, i forget who played the husband but he ends up with her and bet midler is like losing her shit because she's like oh my god my husband is now dating like the hottest woman ever that blew my mind sarah jessica parker yeah yeah maxim magazine in the height of sex in the city called her the ugliest woman like on television or something just like which is also so disgusting amanda tell us do you have a favorite 
Do you have an all-time favorite episode, which I know is a really hard question? No, I absolutely do. It's season four, The Good Fight. I can't remember which episode, but it's the one with the fight where it's like, and you can stay here putting on the Rogaine and the speed stick. That whole one where they get into Wait, who's fighting? Who's fighting? Carrie and Aiden Aiden are fighting. Yes, that whole episode is fantastic with the neighbor who they're trying to get to move out. And she's like, that's a crazy outfit. And Carrie looks insane. I don't know. I just... It's just such a New York episode. It's one of my favorites. I have it totally memorized. The whole fourth wow. season is incredible. I love that that's your favorite. That's I think it's one like, of my number what, one. what else happens in that episode? Um, I never can remember. I'm okay. looking at it now. When I watch them, they're refer- they're, it's always memorable to me when I watch. Every episode of Sex and City, I think if you watch them a lot, you feel like you just watched them. No, oh. that one's amazing because that's when she's like, please shut up. Yes. And he's like, yes. shut, shut up. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's also the one with the uh, the cardboard baby, which I love. When- oh, yes. Oh, Thank my God. The fucking cardboard baby. So surreal oh, and weird. It's amazing. Oh, God. Hey, I forgot about the cardboard baby. What's wrong with Trey? Trey gives love Charlotte cardboard a cardboard baby. baby. Oh, Trey, that's hilarious. Trey tries a bit like, and, for once in his life. And he tries to like, yeah. get Carrie in them. He's like, Carrie, you're funny. Yeah. Cardboard baby, right? It's funny. Exactly. But then is oh. that the end of the episode? He's like on the tennis court and looks like hot as hell. I don't think that's that one. Oh, sorry. No, that is another We're great not episode. The thirsty part yet? <laughs> I think that's the um, that's the episode where Charlotte like gets horny for the like oh, right the groundskeeper guy, I believe. Yeah, that's why I think that's right. I loved all of those. I just love the aesthetic of like Trey's country home. It really gets me going. Love it. Love it. Um, okay, wait. Should we do who we were this week, you guys? Uh, yeah, we have a couple more questions for Amanda, and then we're gonna jump in. Okay. Thoughts on the reboot. I mean, I'm nervous, but excited. (laughs) What are you nervous about? I just think the show was so perfect. I mean, not perfect, of course. This whole podcast is about where it wasn't perfect. Yes. But, and maybe I wouldn't have called the show perfect if the movies weren't so not perfect. Oh my God. But the movies just just like. It's really rough. Yeah. I I bet you guys will recap the movies. I hope so. I'm so excited for that. I mean, we're really afraid to do two. I know. Afraid to do it. I mean, I am like afraid like to do two. I'm I'm afraid to watch two again. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to. It feels like I you could think get canceled just I for watching. Agreed. It. I can't even believe it's just like <laughs> casually on Netflix. Like here, watch this like complete like racial abomination. No, it's also like the um like the Song of the South, that old Disney movie that's like literally like a minstrel totally. show that they kept in a vault yes. so no one can watch it. I mean, it really, yes. they should have done a Gone with the Wind thing where they were like, we took some shit out of this because it was just not okay. <laughs> they would have literally uh, had like one salvageable minute if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer suitable for any audience <laughs> in It's just them like, clinking glasses and cheersing and then like that's the whole thing. Things, things were so different in the mid-2000s. Like we don't stand right, by exactly. any of this. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'd rather so have it than not have it. I'd rather have it than not have it. We'll see. I, I mean, mean, in a way, I think that that is going to be our most iconic episode of this podcast is, is mm-hmm. Rose, like the two of us, three of us breaking down too. And we're just going to call it too. We don't even need to, we don't have to <laughs> yeah. call it sex in the city. You got to do it in a couple parts. You can't do it all. In the desert, oh, that's or whatever interesting, it's Amanda. Two parter. Oh, it's yeah, definitely. Gonna be, I mean, you guys yeah. gotta put a. Bunch I think it'll be six months worth. <laughs> I think yeah. it'll be its own deep dive. Well, we're, yeah, we're gonna do ten minutes at a time, just because yeah. I have a feeling we're gonna have so much to say on <laughs> every little moment. It's like ten episodes together. Honestly, <laughs> maybe our yeah. spinoff podcast is just two. <laughs> right. You just do a whole season of couldn't help but wonder. 
That's just the second movie. There is a podcast called One Heat Minute that literally the, every episode is a minute of the movie Heat. <laughs> and just doing that for Sex and the City 2 would be... Wait, that's the most wild have, thing I've ever heard. That is a premise if I've yes, ever heard one. Wow. It is so brutal. Yeah, I'm scared oh my to watch God. that. I will watch that again when you guys do it, but I'm scared. <sighs> I okay, mean, Amanda, last question before we dive in. Who yes. would be your absolute dream recast for Samantha. It doesn't have to be another blonde woman. It could be anybody. Who would you want to be the fourth core four if you if you were in charge and you were exec producing? Ooh, that's an excellent question. Titus Burgess, I think. He's the first person that <gasps> came to me. One. He does have Samantha energy actually. I just I mean you guys have talked about I'm just gonna how much can I can I be up your butt? But please you've made stay such in there. a good point repeatedly about how gay men are the funniest people. Yes. And it's just nonsense that they <laughs> haven't been more featured and samantha's character translates a gay man. so naturally yes, to, yes i agree with that even if you wanted to like it would even almost be like of course that's a stereotypical role for a gay person is yes with samantha but then it's like why not why <laughs> yeah, not? let's go there yeah i mean john early would be fun too oh, my God. oh yeah yeah i think i saw that going around yeah oh was okay. it i think i did see that yeah there's definitely a campaign for that oh amazing so let's jump on into who were you this week? Um, Jamie, who were you this week, would you say? Oh, okay. Um, I would say this week, this week I was a bit of a, wait, does Charlotte have her dog yet on the show? She had one, but not a new one. She hasn't gotten the new one yet? Oh, right. Okay, well, uh, not to jump the gun, but Charlotte gets another dog. Spoiler alert. And, Spoiler, uh, Jamie, God. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, when Charlotte gets another dog, the way she like walks it in Central Park and it's just like always prancing about. That is how I felt lately. Um, it just started snowing in New York. My dogs have never seen snow. They are here from Los Angeles. They don't know what snow is. They don't understand what's happening. They don't understand why the ground is cold. And... I'm just kind of like watching winter through their eyes. Um, and <laughs> it's pretty cute, mostly. Um, but yeah, I'm just like dragging them along um, because they they just are like, what's going on with the ground beneath me? And uh, yeah, it's been quite an experience today. I went to the dog park. It was very snowy, very cute. And yeah, just a bunch of dogs like playing in the snow. And it which, was like, which dog I had a real like to? New York moment with it. Uh, the West, uh, Washington Square Park. Oh, great. Small or big? Um, it's the, the park is like, do you go to the small dog park? Oh, 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 there's another one. I guess I go to the big one. I didn't know there was a small one. Probably. Oh yeah. It's real small. It's just, okay. Real small. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it was very cute. Just like a bunch of animals frolicking in. That is really wholesome and charlotte Yeah. It felt very charlotte I think having a dog in New York city feels very Charlotte. There's a whole, there's like an experience with it. And like, you're kind of, you, as you walk around, you see other people with their dogs and like, there's just a vibe with New York dogs. I can't really explain it, but it feels like they're kind of just community little people on leashes and they all have like big, crazy personalities. And it's just really cute. I have a dachshund and the (gasps) dachshund. I love dachshunds. Can you show us? a great New York dog. Yeah. I'll text Mike to bring him in. Um, I have dachshund in New York city and there is a very dedicated group of dachshund owners in New York city. We gather (gasps) frequently. You guys, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, what do they call those Jewish women who are matchmakers? 
Yentas? I'm not Yenta. Be, We're going to hang out. I'm going to make Jamie hang out with me. I'm not trying I to be a Yenta, it. but I'm sensing a New York based dog date here. Absolutely. Oh, oh my God. I would absolutely love it. That would be so For sure. fun. I also just got a new terrace that my dog. Uh, oh. Well, the point is, so the story is that there's like docks and owners in New York. They're very yeah. dedicated. We have gatherings. Wow. <gasps> there are gatherings wow. every Sunday, but they got so, so big cute. that the city basically shut them down. During what? Oh my God, they're not the city safe. shut them down. The park Holy person shit. was like, you can't do this. <laughs> like you can't have a hundred people with their tiny dogs and like a that. half acre area. So the, my, my dachshund's extremely antisocial. He hates, he hates it. I go for <laughs> me, but. It is. There is something really special about being a dog owner in New York City. I think it's because you everybody has to go out of their way to like socialize and engage yes. and like make their dog tired. That everyone's like in that on it together. That is so true. We are in it together. We really are. Yeah, yeah. I, man. Yeah, I just like live to get them tired. Totally, um, and everybody does. Yeah. So it's like if you if you run into somebody on the sidewalk. I wonder if listeners, if you run into somebody on the sidewalk and your dog is into their dog, you'll stay there for half an hour. So it's yeah. like fine, let them go. Let them grow. You guys are so cute. So wait, Amanda, who were you this week? Okay. Um, my, who I am this week is actually has a funny callback to last week's episode. Okay. So I was like, obviously preparing. I'm an anxious person. I have to prepare for everything. So I was obviously preparing for this podcast, like the whole week. So like days ago, I decided that I was going to be a Charlotte, like a late season Charlotte as well. (laughs) That is so Charlotte to decide who you are going to be in advance. (laughs) That's true. But the main reason that I am a Charlotte, just because like all I'm doing is sort of like hanging around at home. And my fiance is like a bald lawyer who treasures me. So I feel like I'm a Charlotte and Harry. A bald lawyer who treasures you. I love him. We love them. We do love. So I I wrote, I was like, that's what I was going to say. He's not, but I am. Great. He's not. It only takes one. So I had this already. I just said all of him not being a Jew. (laughs) I know it's disappointing. He's he's Chinese, so it's like he's half Chinese, so it's like a little. Oh, really wait, nice that's going to that's going to be a gorgeous baby. Yes, yeah, yeah it's going to be. Really it's de- it's definitely going to have a super Jewy first name for sure. But so I was like, I'm going to be probably. I mean, my dog's name is Morty. So if Morty oh, dies before we have kids, Morty. I think we'll just call the kids. Wait, Morty. a tiny baby named Mort is oh, like too hilarious. That's so funny. Oh my god, exactly. a tiny Morty is so cute. <laughs> I also love a name that like really feels right for someone who's much older <laughs> like the baby yes. gets to grow into it <laughs> at a certain exactly. point it's just gonna cross to being like a perfect morty but a four-year-old morty is wild <laughs> but i love it morty's on his deathbed and he's like now my name works now it's right yeah <laughs> right morty, <laughs> morty, morty can get the covid vaccine tomorrow yeah, 100%. Like, no. oh yeah 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 he's already he's already gotten the second shot and he haven't even has his first <laughs> yeah yeah, totally, totally. Wait, yeah. That's hysterical. But I was so ready. I was like, oh, I'm totally going to tell them I'm I'm a Charlotte because I basically have like a Harry all to my own. I decided this. <gasps> then I start listening to yesterday, yesterday's episode. Yesterday for me. Within five minutes, Rose is like, I know, but I want to be a Charlotte, but who wants to fuck Harry? And I was like, oh. Oh, I'm oh so my sorry. God. No, oh it's God. funny. I'm not a good person. <laughs> no, Rose. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it because it's funny because my Mike is much has a much more handsome face than Harry, so it's fine. But I was like, I got to reframe how I tell my who was I. <laughs> I also. That is so I, funny. I was just to say, I love also having someone on who's like, here are the receipts. Who are just like yes. immediately, <laughs> like, I've heard it me so recently. Too. I got to push you on this. It's, uh, it's it, was like, it was yesterday for me. I was like, I'm going to, I was on the lift. I was like, I'm going to say I'm Charlotte because she loves Harry. And then Rose is like, I wish I could love a Harry. But no, I promise my fiance, you guys, he can hear me right now. He's cuter you than guys, Harry. 
I had a boyfriend in my 20s who was bald and I loved the hell out of him. It's not yeah, like, he's just bald. <laughs> it's also like, it's fine. I'm, I'm just particularly my, I, I, I don't think that it's only super ridiculous hot guys. I think everyone has their hot special thing. I think it was just like, I think they go personally out of their way to make Harry unattractive. They make him chew with his they mouth do. open and he totally. spills food. And yeah, he's, he's, he's not, naked. It's, it's less about his appearance. It's more that he's like a slob. The vibe. Yes. He's a schlub. They make he's him not, not even a schlub. He's a slob. Like he's yeah. like, yeah, he's, he's like sh- walking around naked he and sitting on white couches. Everywhere. Yeah. You're yeah. just kind of like, yeah, he's just kind of a mess. I yeah. That's that what I'm saying. Part. No, the only comparison is that my fiance is bald and a lawyer. He's very He handsome. sounds <laughs> lovely and adorable and successful. You know, I have to say. And those are qualities we love about Harry. Yes. Yeah. We, love to, we love to hear it. Um, I've got to say we're really fresh into the pod and I'm already fully in love with Amanda because oh. I'm really type A. And I have to say, this is another soapbox moment for me. But I think type A qualities are vilified on TV and film as this like obnoxious woman quality. And I'm like, type A's make the world go round. It's why you like have a reservation at the restaurant. And that's why like your film gets done. And that's why like the baby gets picked up. It's like type A's is a great great quality. Type A's make the world go round. That's a next level quote. I love that. Thank you. But I just kind of feel like on TV. Put it on the T. Put it on the sweatshirt. It's painted as this like really like lame quality and i'm like i'm sorry we're not all just like smoking pot on the couch like yeah. some of us are it's like, always like they're holding a baby like while talking on the phone making a work call and it's like oh like does she ever take a break it's like well she takes yeah. a fucking break then the whole family falls apart so that's the one place where it. i do diverge from you guys is that i'm like definitely a, a big stoner but who are you this week rose <laughs> okay thank you um i was a, i was a pure carry um you i have I to like say a pure carry for a yeah. couple weeks now. Am I wrong about that? You know what, it's Jamie? It's come up a I couple think, times. I think yeah, as I think like, you know, last year was like a absolute train wreck for me. And I think because things are getting better, I'm just so much happier. And so I'm feeling more like a Carrie because Carrie in general is like, has a pretty fun life. She like, does. She does. Yeah. And even her yeah. problems are pretty fun. And they I've just are. been going on a lot of dates lately and I'm having a lot of fun on them. And like, I know people complain about dating and COVID, but I actually really enjoy it because it's 70 degrees in LA and I just go on beautiful hikes and walks and I'm in nature. And I don't know, I went on some really fun dates and I'm just kind of like, you just feel like a carry. Like I'm not stressed. I'm just having a good time and I'm getting out there. Now, can I ask a question about dating during COVID? Please. Is the gripe, like what, what are the particular gripes about it? Because when I think of dating during COVID, I think you're getting to know them more like social distancing makes you actually like invest in like learning about them as a person. Cause you can't get physical as fast. Mm-hmm. You're FaceTiming more. You're talking more like, mm-hmm. is the gripe just that it is different or like, what is the, what is the thing? Like, what are the things people really hate about it? I think some people hate online dating. Some people have never done it. Yeah. And so people are like, Oh, now I have to meet people online. Oh, which- I see. I see. It's like there's no way to possibly just bump into someone cute at a coffee right, shop or a right, bar or three right, friends right, right. That or makes something. Sense. Okay, that makes sense. So I think right. that, and then I do think some people, unlike you and I, who like the idea of slowly getting to know someone and actually connecting based on like actual real shared, you know, interest in hanging out, some people are really impatient and don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed slowing down the physical. I mean, also there's some people that don't slow down the physical at all. I have a friend who now has a boyfriend and 
they got tested before the first time they hung out and had sex on the first night. So not everybody's even being that. I mean, I'm choosing to be like that. But even when it's not COVID, I try to kind of, you know, in my 30s now, not brush into that stuff. So I think COVID dating is I think it's I like it. I mean, I'd prefer not to have COVID be a thing, but I I don't think it's slowing down. I wonder if it will permanently change just the way. I mean, I've talked to people who are like. And why, who have decided, why would I ever go on a first date without FaceTiming somebody? Like now yeah. with that barrier, it's like you realize immediately, you're like, no, I won't want to. I know how that date would end. It would end and I don't want to see them again. I'd rather yes. not waste my time. Mm. Yes, exactly. I think that that is a really good thing. I mean, I think another good thing about COVID, I think, especially for women, is that like. It's not going to make an emotionally unavailable guy available, but I do think it's, I think the last year. I think that's a side effect of the disease. Well, I just think that like, (laughs) it's been a bit of a wake up call for people to be like, maybe men who are single and can't really get into a relationship to be like, okay, it's really sad to be single in COVID. I really need to figure out like what I'm doing here and what's, I'm not saying that that's happening across the board, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be surprised if some men have had some come to Jesus moments of like, like. All my like fun, like not committing things are like the rubber's hitting the road right now, you know? There was a great this American Life piece about like exactly that a couple of weeks ago where they were like there were they had um I believe it's a producer on the show come on and talk about her experience with like she and a lot of her friends are encountering men because I believe she lives in New York, are encountering men who were like looking for like their winter COVID girlfriend, basically, oh, that they could just wow. like sort of hibernate with like it's just like this total like yeah it was a great it was a great little um oh yeah it was a great piece um but it was like such an interesting her and and she had another friend on notice this total shift in the way that men were treating dating in this period you mean that getting more committed getting more committed for that specific reason that they like don't want to be alone and sat oh, in their apartments because it's like it's like cuffing season right. steroids yeah, yeah covid yeah. cuffing season yeah yeah Wow. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. James, you want to you want to kick us into the app, girl? Yeah, let's do it. Um, OK, here we go. Should so, we first talk about the fact I think that a one Sarah Jessica Parker announced the Golden Globe nominees this morning. Oh, did and I she? Think one she Jamie did? Lee oh, might have been nominated for one. Amanda, thank you well, so much for bringing that up. Icon goddess, that. comedy legend, Jamie fucking Lee. OK, well, thank you for saying that. Yes, the show I write on. The show you nominated. write on. Yes. yes. And Jason Sudeikis, who is the lead actor on the show. Your name was on he, the thing. Yeah. Well, well, I actually for the Golden Globes, it wasn't. But we did get nominated gotcha. for WGA Awards. And those are for every writer if we win. Amazing. But I think with Golden Globes, only the EPs. Um, I think only the EPs would win if the show wins. But next season, I'm an EP. So <gasps> I don't know if it's. Woo-hoo! I think. Wow. I, I mean, I should be at least with with. WGA rules, I think. So anyways, but we'll see. But then Emmys, I'm learning all this, literally learned all this today. Emmys, bet, every, yeah. every person on staff gets one if the okay. show wins. And WGA awards, every person on staff gets one. 
I think Golden Globes might be the only one where it's like a select few at the top. Okay, get it. that was Honor, a lot of yeah. details and a lot of footnotes. Oh, so, well, you know, I, yeah, no, no, no. I just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's, no. it's been She's like, like I might my head. not have the statue. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. yeah. I don't James, know about the statue if it wins. No, but. I'm not saying I didn't want to hear the details. I wanted to say, let's not lose sight of the main point that Amanda brought yeah. up, which is you are talented, you work Thank hard, you. and you're getting recognition, and you're a star. That was the point. The show is amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you like it. Yeah, it I, I definitely was like, holy fucking shit when I saw that. Because also just on a personal level, I don't know if you guys feel this way. I think the Golden Globes have always been like the most fun award show because it's TV and film. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of has its I don't know. I love how everyone sits at those like round tables. They have like dinner. It just feels like a fun award show. It doesn't feel as so static fun. as like sit, sit in your seat for four hours like. It feels more like a party. So I personally like the Globes a lot, and I'm sad that it's going to be virtual, but hopefully they'll do something cool. I just think it's a really big deal because it's like television writing is so competitive. I know so many people, uh, myself included, that have written on stuff, but nothing that they're like so jazzed about. And just to write on a show that's like legitimately great and beloved by many and is like truly quality is like such a nice thing. It is really exciting. It's also so funny. So well deserved. Well, thank you for saying that. I it's very funny to me because I literally remember when I was up for the job being like, I don't want to work on a show about soccer. Like, I really was just like, I don't know what I'm going to bring to the table. I barely know what a sport is like. I just think I'm like all wrong for this. And yeah, I'm just very it ended up also just being a really great job. So I'm just glad that I took it. (laughs) I'm glad that I did it. Three cheers for Jamie. Yeah, cheers. Okay. All and, right. Uh, Glo- Golden Globe WGA nominated Jamie Lee. Will you kick us oh into the Oh my app? God. I will. It's crazy. Okay. So today we're doing season six, episode 13, and it's called Let There Be Light. Rose, take us into it. So the episode begins with Carrie checking her mail where she finds a very important letter. Alexander wants to see her. It's been three weeks since their last date. So they meet in Central Park to walk and make out. <laughs> Carrie catches up with a core four afterwards. Oh God, Ladies, go. I'm taking a lover. Yes, no, no, a lover. No. Alexander Petrosky. Oh my God. Wait, the old guy? I beg your pardon. My lover is not old. Oh. He is worldly and wise and very sexy. He is sexy. Very. Yesterday, I almost did it with him on a park bench in front of children. What stopped you? Common decency. Not bad. Well, that and the fact that I'm not lover ready. I need a little bikini waxage. Well, then snap to it. Don't play hard to get with a man who's hard to get. Maybe cucumber basil. Why would you want to smell like a salad? I can't decide what I am. What do you mean, not old? Charlotte emailed me his photo. Hello, 60. He is in his lover-perfect early 50s. That's a good age. They've been around the block and know how to use the cock. Oh, you're right now. And where did you get his picture? I googled him. I wanted Miranda to see your potential new boyfriend. Not boyfriend, lover. How long are you going to keep saying it like that? Uncomfortable with my taking a lover? Maybe he could be more than a lover. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, oh, the only my God, Charlotte's saying it. Oh. Well, I could see it going somewhere. Oh, please. Oh. Listen, half the time, I, I, I can't even understand him. We have nothing in common. He's in and out of Europe. That could be good. Honey, you're not listening. She only wants him to be in and out of her. Y- yes, but in a much yeah. less obvious-sounding way. How about pomegranate patchouli? 
No, you need something classic, clean, with just a hint of neurosis. Okay, can I just say something before we dive into this exact clip? There's something that really rubbed me the wrong way right before this, which is that Carrie didn't invite him to her apartment and fuck him. And he kind of like guilted her and like, like shamed her about it and was like an asshole and then disappeared for three weeks. And then you mean in the previous episode. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like that made me feel like I did in my 20s when I didn't have enough self-esteem to like say no Mm -hmm. to guys. And so I'd like sleep with guys that I wasn't even into and like. Just I, I, I actually feel that he kind of like pressured her a little, which I didn't like. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I think that's good to bring up. I definitely was like when I was rewatching this or watching the last episode again, I was definitely like, oh, that was a weird moment that I didn't catch the first 20 times I've seen the show. Yeah, he like made her say no. Like, just yeah. don't put her in that position. Just don't I don't know. Her, just yeah, like, feel exactly. weird about it because you're right. She's in her 30s. But in your 20s, you're like. You'd always just rather like, don't ask. So I don't have to say no, because women in their 20s, we were had no self-esteem. I didn't. And yeah. just like, I just yeah, wanted to I avoid the situation where was. I had to say no. So if a man doesn't invite it, then you spare that encounter. Yeah. yeah and he seemed kind Back of butt off. Like after she said, no, oh, he yeah, didn't. he did. He, he, he goes yeah. for three weeks. And I'm like, kind of trying. It's like it's kind of saying like, oh, you didn't fuck me. Well, then I'm not going to talk to you for a while. And I'm like. Wow, that's yeah, disgusting. Sorry, dude, just because the back half of your name is all consonants doesn't mean <laughs> that she's going to want to fuck your Russian ass. <laughs> I think I love that you called him small, Rose. That's the best. <laughs> so funny. He's small he compared to big. <laughs> oh, my God. That yes. was so fucking funny. So good. Guys, Perfect. what do we think about this ridiculous conversation? Thoughts, okay, please. Ugh. First, a couple things. First of all, cucumber basil. That sounds disgusting. And that's so gross that ugh, I don't even want to know what fragrance store they're at. That's like cucumber basil. Joe that's Malone, what I thought. On. It's gross. It wasn't Joe Malone. It, I feel like Joe Malone would not have cucumber. Basil. Cucumber or pomegranate patchouli is not a scent. No, it sounds that's also basil. not good either. They but just yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, they just have like an alliterative naming. It's like whatever, whatever starts with the same letter, we can use. I that know. I was like, why don't you just yeah. have fucking country apple? Like, what is this? Like raspberry this surprise. So memorable to me, though, because yes. the episode does invoke your several of your senses. I and so agree. whenever I watch it, you like I come agree. back. In, I'm like, yes. What is this? What's happening? I know. So oh my god, Amanda, that's such an excellent point. There is something about the fact that they are testing fragrances while having this lover conversation that just feels like yeah. really Sensual. whimsical and yeah, like just really <laughs> in mercurial. all the wrong ways. It just sticks and stays there. Yes, it's it's, like, it's really ugh. gross. It's really yeah. gross. It's really putrid on a lot of levels. Yeah. The love a thing. The love love a thing is. I mean, nauseating. It gives me incredible douche chills here. I'm glad. I thought. Times. We, I was so worried we'd come on. You guys would be like, Amanda, have you ever had a lover? Like, oh, oh, God. God. Are you kidding? No. What does that? Also, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. What does that mean? It's also just the idea of like being at being hanging out with the core four in that moment when they're just like spritzing each other down with scent after <laughs> scent. And it's truly like the gnarliest mix of like 19 different. It's just got to be a, a tough hang in that in that moment. While also <gasps> lover is going on. <laughs> it is such a tough oh, hang. No. <laughs> Skylar, that's so funny. I also have to say that, like, okay, the Lava (laughs) thing is disgusting, and I'm truly wondering if that was an actor choice or a director. I feel like that was an actor choice. But second of all... Oh, you think on the page it was Lover? Oh, yeah, definitely. And she she made it A.H.? Yeah. I also think... she made it A.H.? Oh, definitely. Oh, that wasn't Uh in the script. uh It is is an MPK one. 
who I feel like loves mm. that a little bit. <laughs> I do have to say, though, that, that there's something that bumps me on this conversation because it's mm. like, okay, I'm in. She's having this cheesy, like, I'm going to take a lover. And I get, like, joking around in the whole thing. Right. But to me, okay, this is me being, like, a bit of a bitch. But, like... If you, if I want to like brag about my lover, I'm going to brag about like Blair Underwood. Like Alex Petrovsky is like five, six, 150 years old, like doesn't speak English. Like, right. He's an elf on a shelf. He's an elf on a shelf. Also doesn't speak English. I'm not trying to be like alt-right xenophobic. I'm just saying that like, it's not like he, it's not like she's like fucking like, um, who's like somebody that you could see like lubed up in oil. Like Smith Jared. (laughs) Jared Smith, Jared. That's right. So it's kind of I like think nowadays that's Chris Evans in my point of view. Oh, yes, you're that right. That feels so right. It's not like Chris Evans or like Michael B. Jordan or something. And right. The thing is, what I could see more than like I'm taking a lover. I think if we're being honest about the appeal, it's like I'm dating a cultural icon who's yeah. very rich who can like fly me around. It's more Absolutely. like I'm dating and a not, sugar It's not being daddy. acknowledged. Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's also like, I was wondering if you guys felt this way at all, but like her saying like, I'm taking a lover, it's like because he's a little older, she's acting a little older. Like that doesn't feel mm. like a very in touch like young person, person in their say. 30s or 40s thing to say. Yeah, that feels like of a different era and it's, I feel like he's already starting to like rub off on her in like uncool ways. I think it's kind of bohemian to say lover. It's kind of like Anais Nin kind of like, mm, you know, mm. he's so romantic and European. Also, I feel bad because like we're in such a weird cancel culture age now. So I'm really not trying to be mean when I say that he's like short or foreign. Like I'm not trying to say that that's like unattractive. I guess I was just saying he doesn't fit the typical bill of what I would think about bragging about like a sex partner. You know what I mean? As a Russian Jew, I feel completely <laughs> fine throwing him. <laughs> right. Under the She's bus also in not. I mean, I've had friends that are attracted to unusual looking people, but yeah. they talk about they're like, oh, he's so hot. I think he, this is so hot. Carrie's not dancing around like I'm so attracted to him. He's so sexy. It's like everybody has a different type. That's that's, that's fine. true. But she's that's not true. even being like she doesn't have. I mean, there are several relationships in this series where it's like unclear why she's even attracted to the person. But I feel like lover usually implies like. I'm really a person you have affection for. You know what, Amanda? It seems like she's mm. not. I, I feel like coming off of the last string of things that have been sort of like huge ego blows. I kind of feel like the main appeal for him is that he really likes her. Totally. And he's, he's like amused. Her. He's amused by her, too. Like he seems to he tells her how funny she is. And like he's, he's just seems really boost. doting. Yeah, he's an ego boost. And I think that, yeah, I feel like after everything she's been through, she really needs that. Um, how about Miranda being pretty mean? Um, being like, he's like almost 60. You're like, dude, you guys aren't. Yeah. yeah, you're just kind of like, but also like if your friend is dating someone older, like they know they're dating someone older. They're not like he is like, I don't know. It's It was weird Harsh. to me to be so like grossed out by him and his age. Right. It came out of nowhere. It just seems like there hasn't been a real, I mean, except for the episode that was really over the top with Samantha dating the old, the older guy with the, with the sagging, but they haven't really addressed an age difference. And it would make more sense if it happened like later in the season, I think they do. I mean, they do discuss how if Carrie decides to spend a considerable amount of time with Alexander, she might not have 
biological children if that's if right. he's not into that but that's never come up with them so it's not like if i were dating somebody that age my friends would be like but does he want kids you're this age that's yes that old. to what me kind of that is what the they conversation would that. be it wouldn't be like he looks ew he has yeah. wrinkles yeah big was probably irl like 50 at that point oh yeah big was no spring chicken yeah i feel like i feel like I totally understand why Carrie, I'm personally not into him and not just because his looks, I, I can be into any kind of looking guy. I had a boyfriend who was five, six. I thought he was like, and I'm six feet tall. I thought it was totally hot. It's more, I really don't like his attitude just because he doesn't seem fun at all. He seems so serious. Like he just seems yes. a little too serious for me, but I still think if I were in her position, I probably would date him because if like some wildly wealthy artist was like, come to Vienna with me, I'd be like, hell yes. If I was single, I had nothing else going on. Like, do you think that has to do with the performance at all? Because I feel like I keep kind of bumping up against Mikhail Baryshnikov in particular as this character. I almost feel like just the writing might be a little stronger. I don't know that he's like the most amazing like Lothario actor I've ever seen. Basically, is like I actually think he's good. Oh, he okay. doesn't bump me. Interesting, because I he's, that keeps yeah. bumping me. But interesting. His charisma, I feel like, takes him a long way. But I feel like they expect. I mean, like we discussed, I started watching the show when I was fifteen, so I didn't know who. I didn't know he had that IRL gravitas that mm. I think they expect the viewers to see and sense and it's almost part we're supposed to translate that to his character but mm. if you don't know that if you don't have that context you're just like okay totally like if you don't know he's an interesting dancer to be like <laughs> I, yeah, I actually like the, be the final voice. guy i did too i just think it's really interesting that that's what they ended up going for it doesn't track with her previous types but it is interesting yeah I like, yeah, it is interesting i i like him as like i get i think i find the performance a little weird like, he, like, I like the idea of getting Barishnikov. It's like, what an exciting, strange choice for that. But I think mm-hmm. the performance just feels a little cranked in a way that makes me, because he almost, I don't want to say like predatory, but like he feels, I feel uncomfortable totally, when he's on yeah. screen with oh, her in a way that like bumps me out of Well, like, the predatory thing, that. I think, interesting. I think that's written in too, because yeah. it's like he literally ghosts her when she doesn't fuck him immediately. So totally. I think that's part of the character, frankly. Totally. Yeah, I don't trust him not to make her uncomfortable. So there's always a slight sense of like unease when he appears. Yes, yeah. that's a really good way to put it. Okay, well, getting back into it, back at her building, Miranda and Steve run into Robert in the elevator. Steve tries to make small talk, but Robert is not interested. He is still hurting from the breakup with Miranda. Charlotte and Anthony, meanwhile, take their own walk in the park. Charlotte talks about the miscarriage, but Anthony wants to talk about anything else. (laughs) Wow. He even stops her to take in the light coming through the fall trees when they spot a blind person. As I'm reading this, wow. Um, Charlotte is moved by the blind person. What could be worse than missing out on the changing seasons? So she decides to volunteer. Um, I just before I read my little chunk, I just have to mention what Jamie sort of mentioned in her read, which is just like this show is so notorious for someone being like, my mom died or I have a miscarriage. And the person being like, stop talking and let's go shopping. Like, it's so wild how much these characters do not like to talk about anything like heavy. A, yeah, there is like a there's a narcissism to like that's don't like bum rampant. me out. It's fall. I mean, it is a comedy, and these are comedic characters, so I think yes. it works. But it's like in real life, if that is what she your friend just did, had a miscarriage. I mean, it just <laughs> happened. Devastated. I did want to say this sequence is like 
one of the most one Harry Met Sally uh, they've done because it's so much them walking through the fall foliage and Charlotte is sort of Charlotte ends up wearing a Diane Keaton look later too. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. She wears the tie there was an and vest. Happening. Yeah. I mean, that's Annie Hall, but still, it's yeah. like all like very conscious of like iconic New York stuff in this yes. episode. Yeah. Um, this this is a weird scene. I I think that you touched on it, but. Charlotte acts like this is the first time she's ever seen a visually impaired person yes, in her life. Truly ever. Or the city. In, New in New York City where yeah. there's every type of person all the time. Yeah. yeah. If you guys know because you've lived here, but maybe people would be surprised to learn that there are actually a lot of visually impaired people in New York City because there are a lot of people and right. there are some good resources here. And like they get around just but it's so strange she's like can you imagine being blind and the way it's shot kind of condescending the, the you person is walking by her and it's like he's blind not deaf oh amanda talking. good good point excellent yeah. it's just so strange it's so strange good catch so carrie heads for her bikini wax where her waxer happens to be russian when she isn't also like very true um my first waxer was russian r.i.p um, aka rip um <laughs> When she isn't ripping her hair out, Carrie takes the chance to ask for some tips on Russian phrases to use with Alexander. Back at Miranda, she tries to avoid another run-in with Robert by taking the stairs. Unfortunately, he had the same idea. Robert, I'm, I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Steve and I just fell back in love. Oh. And so what was that? Your little halftime show? What? Not at all. I never thought that Steve and I would get back together, or I never would have started up with you. I hope you understand that. Well, I'll try. And I hope you understand when you get my bill. Your bill? Yeah, my bill. For services rendered. You know, my stud fee. Robert, come on. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, it's cool. I got you seeing. You're a busy working mother. Too tired to go out and eat? Call Hunan Kitchen. Too tired to go out and fuck? Call Robert. That's not true. Well, sure it is. Fast food, fast fuck. You were not a fast fuck. No, you're right. I wasn't. I was slow, nice and slow. Oh, Just oh God. Oh, oh, God. Robert. Morning. Yes. Ooh, Robert. Oh, God. Robert. Ooh. No man has ever been in this deep. That is fucking horrifying. It's so embarrassing and hysterical. Hey, what do you do about I gave Robert custody of the elevator. What? We're moving my stuff in here next week, and you gave him the elevator? You're lucky I didn't give him Brady. I bumped into him on the stairs. How bad was it? Hug me. Oh, it's that bad, huh? Oh. So... We can't ever use the elevator? Not between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m.? We have a baby in a stroller. <laughs> I know. Why, why, why did I have to shit where I eat? Uh, look, he's just upset and a blow over. I don't think so, Steve. The man is crazy in love with me, and now he's acting out, talking about how I said no man's ever been in me that deep. <laughs> what? Nothing. Steve. Nothing. I'm fine. I'm so happy they're back together. Me too. It's so adorable. I have to say, the run-in... I mean, Robert is being so immature and so ridiculous, but I'm so glad he is because when he did that, like, reverse when Harry met Sally, it was so funny. Yeah. Like, seeing this, like, tall, professional, handsome man just, just be, like, fucking be a little so child. Yes. Yeah, it was, like, hilarious. It was also a really good performance. Like, what a good actor his acting, he is. His acting's amazing. He's excellent. 
Yeah. He really, like, that scene is powerful. <laughs> it really is just like, you can't sleep with somebody in your building. Oh, Unless nightmare. you are so certain they are right. the only one for you. Right. You can't, if you live in New York, I, let me know if you've noticed this, Jamie and Rose, but it's like, yes. I noticed that I only run into people who I don't want, you only run into the people that you know well. And I don't know if it's because I feel like I only run into people that I either don't want to run into or I just know well and see all the time. I don't know if it's like, no, you just I have recognize that too. them more often. Yeah. But if you are on the same schedule as somebody in your building, it is oh. very hard to get off. <laughs> it's almost yeah. impossible. Yeah. And that's it's almost impossible. So the scene where they like she's like surrenders the elevator was like very real. It happens a lot in my building. They're like certain dogs that my dog doesn't want to be near. Oh. And it's just impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, my building situation is strangely like no one talks to each other, but I feel like that's such an anomaly. The only person I've seen consistently is our male guy <laughs> who I say hi to because he is my only like touchstone sense of community here. Cool. But um, but yeah, I know I know what you mean there. I just think that would just be super, super uncomfortable. I in college was kind of the very first semester of college. I was kind of hooking up with my neighbor in my dorm and I could hear him through the wall. And I was always like wondering what he was doing. And like it, it fucked with me in that I didn't know. I didn't really know like the etiquette for like, like I would, I would know when he was like by himself and I could technically be like, let's hang out. But I didn't, oh, I just, weird. I just, yeah, it was so weird. And I was like, I don't, it was like really in my head about it. Anyway, I know that's not the situation with Robert necessarily, but I definitely have that, have had that experience of like living in close proximity to someone and it like just not being easy. I think dating someone that you work with or that you live in the same building with is definitely not a no. I mean, if you connect great date. It's just, you know, on the sad chance that it doesn't work out. It's just a little, it's just unfortunate because you can't yeah. separate quite as much. Right. Yeah. And this isn't like a, oh, we just had like a slow fade out. This is like, you left me for your ex yes. that you made out with. Right we after I said, I love you. I love you. Right. Right. It's a little yeah, different. It's just like, oh, that's breakup. awkward. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I mean, very uh, noted Miranda fan here. I just love her so much and find her so endearing. And there's something so funny about her being like, Steve. The man's completely in love with me. He's like, in love with me. Like, oh my God. Like, he's clearly it's really amazing. just butthurt. He's yeah. just butthurt and embarrassed. And she's like, yes. he's not going to get over me. He's like a stunning, like, uh, doctor for the Knicks or something. He's like, yeah, she's just like, fine. I really, I really did him in. Yeah. And you're like, he's totally bounced back. Um, yeah, he's already like, literally, fine. he's forgotten everything. He's just being petty. Um, okay. Well, uh, getting us back into it. Carrie heads to Alexander's to try out her new Russian that she learned from her Russian waxer. He takes her on a tour of his massive apartment, but Carrie is mostly interested in the bedroom. In the morning, after they sleep together, she wakes up to a note. He's making breakfast. Carrie heads downstairs where she finds a bunch of Alexander's employees. His place is also his workplace, and she's a little embarrassed. Alexander gives her pancakes and tells her not to worry. Carrie discusses Alexander's pancake move with Samantha later. Samantha is sure that he's pulled that trick many times, so his employees probably didn't even think twice. Samantha also says she's a little jealous. Alexander's definitely a man, while Smith is much more of a boy. Carrie confirms Alexander's playboy past when she looks him up online. His dating life is all over the internet. 
Later at Samantha's, she and Smith have a talk. Smith got invited to a 30 under 30 party. And he asks Samantha to check the invitation to see if he should go. Turns out it's going to be hosted by Richard Wright, Samantha's old hotel-owning boyfriend. Now Samantha is very interested and says she wants to go with Smith. Charlotte, meanwhile, meets up with a volunteer coordinator to get started helping out the blind. The coordinator (laughs) suggests Charlotte try walking around a public place blindfolded to get a sense of what getting around without sight is like. I'm sure all the visually impaired listeners are like, oh, Oh my my God. God. She and Carrie head to Barney's. I love like going to Barney's like that's like the worst place to take a blind person. It's like, I want to see all the clothes. Um to give it a spin. But as soon as they start, Alexander calls from Amsterdam. This is such a funny, great comedy moment. Um, Carrie steps away to talk and Charlotte gets pulled along by a crowd. She ends up on another floor before she finally reconnects with Carrie, who's in the middle of trying on shoes. At the 30 under 30 party, Samantha drags Smith to the front of the line. The guy checking them in immediately recognizes Smith, but he doesn't recognize Samantha. Luckily, Richard Wright does. Richard and Samantha share drinks inside and reminisce about old times. Smith also gets pulled away by a gaggle of 20 something. So Samantha really feels the age difference between them. Back at Miranda's, she and Steve move his stuff in. When they get back from taking a load up, they find his TV smashed in. Miranda is sure that it's Robert. So Steve decides to go over his place and say something. He knocks on Robert's door, and when Robert opens, it is clear that he's busy. He has a few women over, so Steve apologizes for the whole mess and leaves him to it. And then really sweetly, when he gets reunited with Miranda, he does this incredibly sweet thing where he tells her that, like, Clearly, Robert is still really missing her and, you know, doesn't say the truth that he's like already like having menage trois, which is super, super tender. It's the sweetest thing. Carrie and Alexander, meanwhile, meet up at his place where he welcomes her with a pair of clogs. His little Amsterdam gift that he brought back for her. And Samantha and Richard head to hook up. Before they can get away, Smith stops them. He wants to know what's going on, Samantha, and Samantha lays it out. She doesn't know what she and Smith are even doing, and she wants to have sex with Richard. So they do. This is heartbreaking. Two years ago, I was on top of the fucking world. Normalizing a bullshit beer bash for a bunch of pinheads, six-pack abs. This is a world-class hotel. Fuck it. I've been down this low before. Richard may have, but Samantha hadn't. Devastating. Mm. I just want to make sure you got home safe. Oh. Unbelievable. I don't know what's wrong with me. I hate myself for doing this to you. Oh, God. What an amazing guy. It's okay. It's a beautiful scene. Come on. Let's get you out of here. Even in the dark, Smith could still see Samantha. And for the very first time, she saw him. That's unbelievable. I mean, one of my favorite scenes ever. That's a beautiful scene. 
it's really intense. It's not really like any other scene in the entire series. No, it's not. It's yeah, it's It's, uh, the empathy and the compassion is so beautiful on Smith's part. You know, we have these ideas of Jamie and I and Skylar have talked about this in previous episodes about like how cheating is so black and white in our culture. And, you know, I have a friend who in the beginning of dating his girlfriend, she got super drunk and made out with a guy in front of him at a party. And like, it really hurt his feelings and she felt like a total asshole and she just had low self-esteem and was trying to sabotage things and absolutely was in love with my friend and they're still together and they were able to move through it. And it's like, she realized like, this is my toxic shit. This is my childhood Mm -hmm. shit. Like Mm -hmm. I have no interest in that guy. I feel disgusting. Like, and I think that's what's happening here. And I just think, wow, what a big man Smith is to be able to say. And even like, and being like, I'm worried about you. Like this kind of behavior is like unwell behavior. Instead of just being like, this hurt my feelings. You're a bitch. It was yeah, like. He kind of took ego out of it. He was 100% like. A hundred percent out. Yeah. You seem. He seemed to really. Um, it's like love. The definition yeah, and he of also, love. He also really sees through to her trauma in this moment. Like he knows that oh, yeah. it's coming from a place of hurt, pain, and insecurity, and yeah, really removes himself from it and makes it all about her and how she's doing. Yeah, it takes like such a secure person. Oh, I mean, because because he knows about the doubts that she's had and the particular yes. like concerns about their relationship. Not wanting so, to hold hands. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows it's not that she wants to be with Richard, and he's like right. evolved enough to be able to be like it's fine i know it i know it wasn't about that yeah it's interesting because um you know we talk a lot about i talk i'm obsessed with steve jamie's obsessed with Mm -hmm. harry but we don't really i think because he's so good looking we kind of brush him off but the truth is that like smith jared or jared however you want to say he's an incredible human like he's in a beautiful package but it's like Strangely enough, his hotness is not even the best thing about him. He's like a really good human being, which is like pretty, pretty incredible. And and just the effect that he's having on Samantha, because in the past, she would do toxic behavior like this all the time, but never feel bad about it. And the fact that the first thing she says when she sees him is like, I hate myself. Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially knowing the course that their relationship takes and how he responds to that like he's one of the most consistent characters the most consistently kind warm he's like the complete opposite of alexander in that when when alexander appears on the screen i feel uncomfortable and i don't know and he's unpredictable and i don't know what he's gonna do and when smith jared is on the screen i feel like soothed it's gonna be fine this is gonna take samantha in a better direction i don't know if the writers meant i'm sure they did mean to contrast that and there's sort of the age difference behind it but this scene was was devastating it's so memorable I agree. That's such a good point. Yeah, he, this he is, is one of really those scenes soothing. when I go, this is the, the type of scene where I go, oh, my God, this is the episode where that happens. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Isn't I had that, that with um, I had that also with the last episode with the scene in the laundry room with Miranda and Steve. I'm like, oh, this is the Miranda and Steve get back together episode. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, yeah, this is I had that with one this one, but for a different reason. There's a point if you guys don't mind going back to the um, oh, please. when Charlotte and Anthony are in the park. There's this line that I never noticed before until I watched it recently. And Charlotte says, she's discussing her next moves and she goes, but if I get pregnant again, that's not fair to the new employer. And as like a 31-year-old woke millennial woman, I was like, bitch, yes, it is. It's fine. You, There are wow. laws that say it's fine. 
Like wow. for some reason that one stood out a lot to me because I watched Do you mean it in terms of how young. things have changed. Yeah. It, it, I just was very confused why the writers would put that in there. Yeah, it seems like, like it's, a cuttable line. The, the writers are very anti-kid, I think. I think it's a lot yeah, of women that don't want kids is. and didn't have kids. So I think that's the whole bend of the show is very like, kids, barf, barf in a trash can. Yeah, like they just throw it out there and they don't. At first I was like, well, maybe they want Charlotte to seem regressive. But nobody challenges mm. her. Anthony doesn't challenge her. They're just like, but no, if you're going to have kids, you don't deserve a job. And it's like, what the I fuck? Know. What are you talking about? I just, right. for, I hadn't watched this episode for a while. And that part, I was like, oh my God, that's. I, I, I do have to say, um, you know, you said something really interesting, Amanda, that made me think like, you know, I share a lot of my like dating stuff and my therapy stuff on the pod. And something that my therapist says a lot is like the kind of partner that you're looking for is somebody that he's like, you know, if you grow up in like with insecure attachment to your parents, like you become you grow up attracted to like insecurely attached people and that feels like excitement so like sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not and sometimes they put their shine on you and sometimes they don't and he's like but when you're healthy and you have healthy attachment what you're attracted to is somebody who's like steady and there for you and a rock and it's not as exciting but it's like deep and real and i feel like what samantha's experiencing is like an actual partner who's like steady and there for her and real And it's kind of healing her because in the past she was just in denial of her own, I think, intimacy problems. And now that it's like in real life, love can heal you like love can fill the holes of your childhood. Like, I totally believe like, yes, you have to work on yourself, but I've seen it before. It is transformative what like a solid, healthy partnership can do to people. And I feel like Carrie is not there yet. She's still attracted to things that are exciting and don't work and are you know she's still chasing unavailable men but i i think it's really cool to see how smith jared is like actually healing samantha which is kind of wild also uh just like touching on what your therapist said my therapist recently was telling me about the difference between dopamine and serotonin highs and tell me about that the anxious attachment that or or sort of the symptoms of it that you're talking about those like really high highs low lows kind of not knowing where you stand but when it's good it's so good and it's like electric that's a dopamine high but really what you're looking for is a serotonin high which is you oh, get serotonin that. you get serotonin from it's a little more of like a relaxing sensation like a but slow drip yeah and it's also Steady. like it's you get it from just like engagement like really connecting with someone steadily and um yeah it comes from engagement it doesn't come from like the funniest jokes and all these big swings. It it comes from just being like, this is nice. And it has a similar effect to dopamine. It's just more calming. Than That's so interesting. Yeah. Like, I always tell like my EKG. I love that. Oh, yeah. Down, I always tell my fiance, who's very funny, but like isn't a comedian for a living. I'm always like, you don't tell the funniest jokes, but you're my favorite comedian. That's sweet. He just makes me laugh yeah. every day, like a little yeah. bit. I'm and loving this that's relationship. That's yeah, he's beautiful. The best. I'm very That's lucky. really beautiful. Aww. Yeah, I do think that the person you're supposed to be with, even if they're not a comedian, they are the funniest person to you. Right. I think you that's have right. yeah. That's I think that's really right. has to sweet. feed you in some way every day. Yeah, I love absolutely. it. I love. Okay, so after Carrie and Alexander hook up, he has to take care of some work in his studio. So he invites her to come along. But she isn't so sure she's up for this whole lover thing. She doesn't want to be just another one of his many women. 
And the episode closes with Alexander telling Carrie that she isn't. He actually likes her and he'd like to keep seeing her. And that brings us to the question of the episode. According to certain scientists, whenever a woman has sex, her body produces a chemical which causes her to emotionally attach. This chemical may also account for the series of terrifying questions that involuntarily pop into our minds after just one casual tryst. Questions like, does he like me? Will he call again? And the classic, where is this all going? When it comes to men, even when we try to keep it light, how do we wind up in the dark? What does she mean, how, how do we wind up in the dark? I, I don't know. This is like one of the wordplay things where they're trying to like reverse fit it into what's going on. Is she trying to say that she got... Okay, let me ask you too if you think this is what the question is really getting at. In this episode, she's been casually sleeping with this guy. And it's exciting at first. Then it kind of starts bothering her. And then is the question of the episode, like, is just sleeping with somebody very sustainable? Is that the question? I feel like the question is just not a very strong question. It's like, uh, I mean, it's the only question she posed in this episode. But she's like, well, you kept, I don't know. I don't think that women wind up in the dark. I think men keep us in the dark. Oh, like, hello. There's no. Okay, hello. She decided at the beginning that they were going to be lovers and yes. that was fine. And now mm-hmm. she's like asking all of these questions. I don't know. I think she, this is a weird question because nobody, I think this is a weird question because she's been going along with like, it's fine. He's a lover. It's fine. I don't need to know what he's yeah. thinking. And then suddenly she's wondering why he's not telling her. I don't know. I think it's a, a, a kind of condescending question. What, is, she, what is he keeping dating. in the dark? Like, exactly. what isn't he telling her? Like, is there... What is he... Right, right. They've had a couple dates. Like, he's not, like, fawning all over. I mean, I think as I was watching this episode, I was just thinking about all the times I dated people in my early 20s. And after a first date, I was like, oh, my God, why hasn't he proposed? Why isn't he... Why can't yes. he get enough of me? How could he not right. want to talk to me constantly and then translate that into, like, he's keeping me in the dark. I have no idea what he's thinking. But she's already stated that she's fine keeping things casual. So I found this to be a slightly condescending question. It's like she chose to be in the dark. You can also choose to be in the dark. It's not women have agency, too. It's not all. Yeah, I do feel like she's she's giving her power away here a little bit. Um, And she's also doing the thing where she's trying to convince herself that she enjoys being a lover. And it's like it just ultimately boils down to like, actually, I don't really want to be a lover. Like, I don't want to know that he's slept with a bunch of people. I don't want to know. You know, it's like. She's kind of turned into, I feel like she's gone from being casual to sort of wanting a relationship or wanting to know that he's capable of a relationship. It feels like the deeper thing of what she's kind of, kind of sounds like what we just were talking about with like secure partners and stuff. It sounds like, it sounds like she's being real with herself. To me, I guess what I'm getting from this is that like casual sex relationships only last for so long and then they either need to die or grow and she's at that crossroads and and i think she's kind yeah and it's like i i think it's really to each their own in terms of like casual sex relationships i don't get much out of them i don't i was not never did um and there is a really possibly it's really hard it's so hard in life to not think your point of view is the correct point of view because the self-righteous part of me 
is like everyone who has those is kind of kidding themselves like everyone wants more. But then there are truly people that don't. So that's mm. me brushing up against my own like Rose, just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people don't like it. I just feel like. I just feel like the truth is. Bonding hormones are released when you have sex, even when you kiss, even when you hold hands. And oh, it's yeah. like it, it our biology, uh, especially as women, is just. And I know it's difficult to make a biology argument because th that can end up really conservative. But it's just I think that intimacy. The, I mean, truthfully, the older I get, the more conservative I get about sex in the sense that, like, I really think it's only that awesome if 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 you can trust the person, because I just think physically and emotionally, there's just so little to get out of it. Otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, I think it just doesn't track with her character that she would ever have indulged the idea of just hooking up with somebody casually. So when she's like, oh, no, how did I end up in the dark? It's like, no shit, you were never you're almost at this point in the show. You're in your mid to late 30s and you are a person who clearly wants to settle down and suddenly you're wondering how you got to this place where you're so confused about this person who you're not sure what they want. It just doesn't track with her character. It's like, it's, I agree with you. It's not for me, the casual sex thing, but it's clearly not for Carrie either. Right. I, I almost want her to say, like, I was trying to be the thing that I wish I was, which is I wish I was lover girl. But oh, it always like comes down to this. Like, it always comes down to, like, where do we stand? What, you know, is there is is commitment a possibility if it were to escalate? Like, I just feel like this question kind of doesn't say what the episode says. Totally. I was also thinking I just want to make a caveat for any listeners like male, female, non-binary. If you do enjoy casual sex or have a casual sex relationship, I, I'm not I don't mean to judge. I think, you know, truly whatever works for you. Yeah, we're just I mean, your podcast analyzes the show and its quality as a TV show. It's just not consistent with the character they've written that she would have indulged this idea. And then she's like, oh, no, what went wrong? But it's like we've been with you for six seasons. We know you. We know exactly how you ended up in the dark. So it's a it's a it's one of the weaker questions. Right. Of the I think that's what it's it one is. of the weaker. Couldn't help but wonder moments of the show because they tend to yes. be pretty strong and provocative with those. But this one is a little like, how would you wind up in the dark? Because you put yourself there. I don't know what yes. else to say. Just turn on the goddamn lights, girl. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Flip them on. Speaking of that, also the like the liter the way they literalize that at the end is so like there's a lot I, I do love about the show, watching the show for the first time, but like when they like jam their fingers down on the keys of their themes, it it, it bumps for me a little bit. Like closing on Let There Be Light, and it's literally Carrie and Alexander looking into the brightest lights that anybody has ever looked into <laughs> before we move into smash right. cut yeah, to they, they MPK. Can, right. <laughs> what right. is they it? Too soon to tell. Yeah. They're just, yeah, they're, they can be really, they get really writerly with like, the name of the episode is this. We have to make sure people understand that we're tying everything back to this thing. Yes. Um, yeah. I do have to say, I love her clothes and hair in this episode. Oh, she looks love. amazing in this episode. All of season I think six everyone looks really, there are a lot of good agree. looks in this episode. Miranda yeah. finally gets like incredible makeup in her face. I mean, Miranda's That's stunning. Miranda's stunning. stunning and she looks like a goose for the first four episodes of <laughs> uh, seasons because they just, they don't know really do, do weird stuff with her. But now she's like, you know, it really goes to show like sex in the city, not sex in the city, styling hair, makeup. It really makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also like that her hair is like a little bit lighter and more like leaning into 
Yeah, less David Bowie, bright orange. Yeah, well, it was kind of like a maroon in the beginning, and now it's just like, right. now she's like a true redhead, whatever that means. Anyways. Yeah. I like how they bring Carrie back to her, like, season one, two, three main to finish off the series. Yeah. It feels comfortable. I know, full circle, full circle. Um, okay, well, our final segment, I'm horny for. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Amanda, guest of the day, what are you horny for right now? <laughs> Um, well, first I would, because the audience has already, already watched Ted Lasso, of course, hopefully multiple times like I did, um, I would definitely recommend if you somehow failed to see I May Destroy You or Insecure, incredible shows that um, probably should have got a little bit more recognition than they did by definitely. a certain Hollywood foreign press. But, you know, it's like yes. weird to suggest them because they have audiences. Everybody yeah. watches them. But if for some reason you haven't checked those out, check them out. Another one I wanted to recommend, my friend uh, Zeba Blay. She's the author of an upcoming book called Carefree Black Girls, A Celebration of Black Women in Pop Culture. It comes out in October, but awesome. her Instagram is at Zeba Blay. And Carefree Black Girls, it's a term she coined. And, you know, obviously in the past year, there's been, we've seen a lot of really traumatic and intense images and her whole thing and what everybody should be considering is like, it's not good to only see traumatic images of minorities Your culture, experiencing yes. devastating yeah. things. It's just yes. not, it has a negative impact. If, if you're isolated and not exposed, we need to be seeing the full range of humanity of people of like all colors and genders. So she just posts the most amazing, just she'll post carousels of just iconic, historic, beautiful images of black women just being joyful and enjoying that sounds their amazing. lives. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, when you it hear, sounds like, like the female version of black boy joy, which I also think it is, is really exactly. important. It's I like, love that. When people say diversify your feed, it's like, it's not to get other people more follows. It's like, so that you are exposed to seeing these images and including yeah. them in the full I love range. It. So at Zeba Blay is like an amazing follow. Thank you. Incredible. Love that. Yeah. Rose, what are you horny for? I am horny for, um, I feel like I've like watched a lot of TV and the other day I just didn't know what to watch. And so I was scrolling around and I don't remember if it was Amazon Prime or if it was Netflix or whatever, but um I just a quick caveat. I'm not a Lady Gaga fan. I'm not not her fan. I think she is a very hard worker and very charming and has good style, but I don't like enjoy listening to her music, nor am I like ever interested in watching her act in anything. And so like I didn't Harsh. see. I mean, it's just true. It's, yeah, I, I not a stand. Yeah, not at all. But no, I'm not saying that I don't think she's a valuable artist or anything. It's just like when I saw a star, like I hated Titanic when it came out and I was a teenager. I was like, this is corny. And I felt the same way when I watched a star is born trailer. I was like, I will definitely hate this. Um, but I love Barbara Streisand. So I watched the uh, 1970s, a star is born with her and Chris Christopherson, which is so fucking sexy. Chris Christopherson mm. in the seventies. I mean, he's so hot. She's so hot. Barbara Streisand, something I just love as like a Jewish girl with like a bumpy nose, like she was such a sex symbol. Like, if you look up Barbara Streisand's Wikipedia, I mean, she, no shade to getting a nose job or, or whatever, but she has a Jewish looking face and she is not the norm. She has frizzy, curly hair and she slept or dated or was married to every, like Elliot Gould, Warren Beatty, fucking presidents. Like, she was just the hottest thing in the world. And 
to me, it's like representation. It's like, okay, a girl that doesn't look like an Ashley or a Kelsey or a Madison is like this fucking sex symbol that has a fucking Jufro. I mean, in in that in in um fucking a star is born, she has like a frizzy, curly like she looks like Dennis in Sheffield. Like, <laughs> and I mean, Robert Redford was the hottest guy of the time when she did the way we were. And they, so that's they what I'm saying. And, and she's also so funny. She's like, you know, it's like Jenny Slate has as some of her qualities of just like she's also just so funny. And it's like seeing this funny girl also be considered really hot and sexy is like a huge Jewish win. <laughs> So I, I would that. recommend the movie. I mean, I was the definitely original star is born. No, I think there was one before that. Oh, Judy yeah, you're Garland. right. There was these. OK, yeah, it has been done a bunch. OK, well, one of them. With it's just Barbara fucking Schreiber. hot. Like the there's so I many sex that. scenes. And also just for people that are attracted to cis men like Chris Christopherson is not a snack. He's like a seven course <laughs> meal with like a dessert buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what might you might be? horny for um i am horny for this movie that i watched on amazon prime i posted about in my stories but i really thought it was just like excellent and it's called our friend i didn't look up anything about the movie which is rare for me i usually like i'm on my phone looking it up as i'm watching it but i was actually so just kind of enthralled with it that i didn't take to my phone which is rare um but yeah it's uh dakota johnson and jason siegel and it's the three of them and it's just uh I, i won't get into the plot too much but like it's it's a tearjerker. It's a drama, but like just very well acted and with a lot of heart. And it's based on a true story. And I really couldn't recommend it more. It is okay. a fucking great movie. Awesome. Good to yeah. good to know. Amanda, yeah. you've been an absolute delight. Where Aww, can people, Amanda, where, thank you for being here. You're so anytime. fantastic. Where can fans find you online? And what, what do you want people to be checking out? Uh, look for me. It's just my name. Nobody else has my name at Amanda Duberman on Instagram, but please follow at Betches underscore sup. If you're into that kind of thing. It's very Um, funny. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we have fun. We have fun. We're very, we're very happy in this new era. We're very well, happy. You were a delight. You were a fabulous guest. And thank you guys. Huge I'm thrilled. Fans this is of fantasy you. fulfilled. Oh, well, we love you and you're welcome to come join anytime. You're, thank you. You have an open, open seat. Thank box. you so much. This was so fun. Um, okay, right, guys. Well, thanks, guys. Another great up. Have a great day. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod, and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.